Hello, and welcome to Grim and Whim, unnerving tales to haunt, mystify, and spark curiosity. Let's be curious together. Our first story is titled, The Lady is Sad. This happened when I was three years old. I'm currently 26, so I don't have too much memory of it. My sister and I used to share the same bedroom when we were kids. For some reason, she was always scared of that bedroom and the living room just outside of it. One day, I became very, very sick. I threw up constantly, even in my sleep. I don't really recall the name of the disease I had, but I was very, very weak and lost a lot of weight. Now this is where the story gets a bit eerie. My mom would come see me before I fell asleep and sing me a lullaby. But after she was done singing, she said I'd look to the far corner of the room and say, the lady is sad. Other days I'd say, the lady is happy. And there was nothing there. No dolls, not a statue or picture of anyone, just an empty corner. And every night I would say that. The lady was never angry, however. To this day, I can't figure it out. We moved out of that house when I was seven, and I've never experienced something paranormal since then. But I've never been able to unravel the mystery of the lady in my room. My grandma believed it was the Virgin Mary watching over me. My family's Catholic on both sides, but I think it could have just been a hallucination from my weakened mind. I stopped mentioning the lady after I got better. I wonder what it could have been. Our next story is titled, The Peking Ghost. This takes place in my childhood home. My ex-stepfather's house, actually. But we lived there for about six years, from when I was in second to about eighth grade. I've had quite a few encounters in this house, but this one is very different, and I get chills as I type this. Around the age I was allowed to be left home alone, I began to see a shadow girl, and I would see her a lot. Always in the same spot, though. I was sitting in the living room, watching TV. We had a wraparound couch that left a small entryway to enter through the dining room. And as I'm watching TV, I see something in the entryway through my peripheral vision. It's just slightly to the left and down from the TV. It's the shadow girl. She's on her hands and knees, peeking around the couch to look at me. I quickly turn my attention, and as I'm doing that, I see her go back like a kid trying to scare you and not get caught first. It's gone. I turn my attention back to the TV, and it happens almost immediately again. You can practically see her hair, shoulder length, and bangs. But it's just a black, black shadow. And this is in the middle of the day. Sunshine through the windows. This repeated several times before I finally go outside and shoot hoops, waiting for someone to come back. 
I never brought it up to anyone, thinking, it's just my imagination. Although it happened almost every time I was home alone watching TV. Fast forward a year or so, after my parents split up, I'm talking to my brother, who was two years younger than me, and I decided to bring up the shadow girl. He was stunned because the exact same thing used to happen to him all the time. Our next story is titled, My Only Ouija Board Experience. When I was in seventh grade, my best friend and I were at lunch recess when we noticed a big group of kids all huddled up. Naturally, our curiosity got the best of us, so we headed that way. We got there right before the bell rang to see a couple of kids sitting on the ground playing with a Ouija board. I had seen that 80s movie Witchboard, so I was familiar with what a Ouija board was. I asked to see who the owner was, and it was my brother's friend. I asked him if we could borrow it, and he said we could. My best friend asked her mom if she could spend the night at my house so that we could have a slumber party. My mom said yes, even though it was a school night, and we walked to my house that day after school, Ouija board in hand. We get to my house, and a few more friends drop by to visit. We all sat in a circle asking questions. Some questions were asked by our friends, like who their next boyfriend will be or who will be their first kiss. At this point, my mom had come outside as well as my neighbor and her daughter. I lived in a very small town, and of course, people wanted to see why a bunch of school-aged girls are screaming. I remember sitting directly across from my best friend with our knees touching and the Ouija board on top of our knees. Both of us had placed two fingers from each hand on the planchette, hoping that it would move and answer our questions. My neighbor, being a skeptic, asked me to ask the Ouija board what her middle name was. So I say, what is Ruby's middle name? This thing starts moving in a number eight pattern and slowly moves to the letter A I look at my neighbor, but she gave no reaction. Then the letter N, then another N, and finally the letter E. I looked up at Ruby, and she's white as a ghost. She says, that can't be, and no one knows what her middle name is. She says that her adoptive parents kept that name, but changed her first name. She was in shock. Me, being young and dumb, I began to cheer like I was saying a big F you to her for doubting us. We asked a few more redundant questions before my friends started leaving to their homes. Everyone said their goodbyes until it was only my mom, my best friend, and me. As the night came, we decided we would sleep in the living room. We laid our blankets on the floor. We stayed up for a bit watching music videos until we both fell asleep. I tossed and turned all night. I kept having nightmares. I could hear chanting, but couldn't tell if it was from my dream or happening in my house. I woke up and saw what looked like black dementors going in and out of my living room wall. I quickly ran to my parents' room crying, leaving my friend behind to sleep. 
My mom asked what was wrong, and I told her what I had seen. She said to sleep in her room for the night. She went and turned on the lights in the living room and put the Ouija board into the garage and locked the door. I slept fine for the rest of the night. It was morning, and I woke up early to go see how my friend was. She was awake and asked what happened to me last night, where I had gone. I told her what I saw. She let out a giggle and said she didn't dream of anything and slept fine. I didn't bring it up again because I didn't want her to think I was a freak. We got dressed and ready for school. As my mom dropped us off, I gave her a kiss on the cheek and said thank you. I can't remember how many times my mom had come to my rescue. Heading into my class, my group of friends were laughing and talking about all the answers we got from the Ouija board the day before. I never told any of my other friends what I had experienced. I decided to keep that to myself. I know what I saw, but I did not want to be made fun of. School was almost over, and I returned the Ouija board to its owner. He said I could keep it if I wanted to. I said, no thank you. This belongs to you. He could keep his scary ghosts. I never used a Ouija board again. Our final story is titled, Craziest Day of My Life. There's a state park at the base of a mountain near where I live. The mountain is the Kanakochgoe. The state park is Big Spring Park. They are part of the Tuscarora State Forest. The place is off the charts creepy and weird, but my wife and I like to go hike there for that very reason. One time, we made a mistake on choosing a trailhead. We ended up off course and didn't realize until we spent like an hour and a half on the wrong trail. When we finally figured it out, we stopped to snack and drink some water before heading back. It was a long slog after all. As we were sitting there eating, we started to get the feeling that we were being watched. We started hearing things creeping around in the woods around us, despite the fact that we were quite clearly alone. Finally, we'd had enough, so we picked up our packs and started heading back out. I kid you not, we were back out to the trailhead in like 15 or 20 minutes. It was absolutely insane. We took another look at the map and figured out where we were and where the right trailhead was, and we set off. Prior to getting to the trailhead, we took a rest at a campsite that's maintained by the rangers. While we were there, we could hear their village off in the woods. They were laughing and talking. Kids were running around and playing. It was a very warm and welcoming feeling. While we were at the campsite, we did feel a few raindrops coming down, but the sky was clear not a cloud in sight. No sooner did we get under the trees on the shortcut trail, the sky was full of dark clouds. Rain started falling like something out of the Bible, and the wind was howling. It was insane. The weather had just flipped. In the middle of it all, I felt extremely disoriented, almost like I couldn't figure out exactly where I was or what was going on. I started hearing all kinds of weird noises like screaming and sirens and stuff, things that didn't belong in the middle of the woods. At one point, 
My wife just grabbed me by my hand and drugged me off the trail. We posted up under a short tree for cover and huddled together until things calmed down a bit. As we were walking away, I got this weird vision kind of thing where we started heading up the trail. And then I heard my wife calling to me from behind. When I turned back, my wife was standing there begging me to come to her, saying, the thing I was following wasn't her. When I turned back around, my not wife turned into some weird creature. As much as it terrified me, the vision wasn't a premonition, thank God. But it sure did freak me out and had me watching my wife very closely for a while. But it does remind me of something else that people have reported out here on the mountain. Fairy lights. A will-o'-wisp type phenomenon that lure people away. I have to wonder if the whole purpose of causing me to doubt my wife wasn't some kind of weird precursor to those lights showing up. Thankfully, the lights never did show up that day. However, there are local legends in which people are separated from each other by these lights. The person that follows them is often never seen again, although a few have been found dead later on. So I'm not sure if you can hear it in the background, but it's now storming, uh, raining as I'm recording this, and it just sort of started out of nowhere. It's been a normal, sunny, maybe a little bit overcast day all day in Missouri, and now we have a bunch of rain, so that was really creepy, and uh, I'm kind of here for it, though. I, I love rain. Thank you so much for joining me. It's goodbye for now, but I hope to haunt you again soon. If you have your own scary story, or a strange encounter, or anything else that falls under the umbrella of mysterious, or chilling, or spooky, you can type it out, and please send it to Grim and whim at gmail.com. That's G-R-I-M-A-N-D-W-H-I-M at gmail.com.